Hello and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Vert Vic, also known as Victor Marland Esquire. And who do I have in front of me on my screen here? My name is Sean Allenolly. <laughs> Sean Allenolly. Sean Allenolly. I told you this, haven't I? When my mum used to tell me off, she used to go, Sean Allenolly. So I thought my name is Sean Allenolly. That's because you have a brain the size of a gnat's fart. She used to say, stop, get out of that tree. Stop kicking that dog. I just didn't kick a dog. Don't you know, you all, didn't kick a dog. No, all that stuff. But yeah, I used to be Shaw, Nella, Nolly. Shaw, I'm going to call you Shaw from now on. Sounds far sure. cooler than Sean, doesn't it? I'm sure. I'm sure. Are you sure? sure? I'm, I'm very sure. sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going into the world of double O sevens now. Okay. What the hell are you maybe do, Holly? What have you been up to, son? What have I been up to? I've been, like I said, I've been to see Ollie Alpha One in Fairham, near, near Fairham, for his arcade meet. Yes, that, that I was, was invited awesome. to this, but I Long just way. couldn't have made it. Couldn't have made it too far for me. Lo- it was I'd excellent. Love to, though. Alex has already done a video of it. Mine is coming up hopefully in a bit, and it's it was a bit different from your normal meet because it was it was all the old school Southerners. I don't really see all them. Yeah, but na- now the world sort of opened up. I can go down and travel and see them all. So, so a lot of Southern va- Vackers and Ollie's selection of games, because he's got loads of games in store. Oh, wouldn't yes. Tell, he wouldn't tell me how many, but I can guess. Billions. It, yeah, maybe a billion. I think so. Yeah, it's that many. <laughs> and he had stuff like, he had like a minty Solar Fox that he got out for me. Solar wow. Fox, really, on, on the flight sticks. It took me a while to get used to it because it's, diff- it's different than playing it on a Samwire, isn't it? It's such a... But, terrible game as well which oh, it's an amazing <laughs> game it's, it's a very rest- average game but the actual arcade cabinet is a beautiful piece of work isn't it it's a brilliant game and brilliant cabinet mm, i think the game was quite standard but the the cab more than made up for it i think no and also lunar rescue <laughs> yeah lunar, yeah, rescue. lunar rescue original cab that's quite hard to find i haven't seen one yeah. for a long time environmental discs of trevor not trevor tron you, i could I, I don't know how many poops I give, but I couldn't give him any poops for Tron at all. I just don't care about Tron. It's lovely. Either painting, of the games. It? I just think they're just dull games. The cabinets yeah, look keen. amazing, but that's it. Very yeah, boring I'm not keen games. On the games. Not keen no, but I'm but not. yeah, but it's it's a sight to behold. Oh, isn't much, it just? Much like a a bulging pack of custard creams. We saw an environmental discs of Tron in it was in uh, Chicago when we went to, oh, what was the place called? The area, we went to that bar. Victor is thinking of Logan. And there was an environmental disc of Tron there. Were you with me that time? Was it before I went with you? No. I've never mm. seen one before. Apart from yeah. Oh, weekend. really? I've seen a few of them. They are very interesting. Mm, like me. Yeah, but you're not glowy. You don't glow in the dark. I do if you paint myself with a luminous sharpies, which I, I like to do. Yeah, in your spare time, of course. Yeah. So what other games were there? Yeah, Lunar Rescue, Environmental Dist of Tron, a weird breakout thing, like Arkanoid before Arkanoid, called Field Goal. Oh, Field Goal, yeah. That's a, I've played that loads of times, that game. So you have the little... Um, it's based on a, a, American football, but you're, you're bouncing a ball. Is it a yeah. ball or is it a helmet or something against helmets? Against football, yeah, and you football get people, helmets. people running across the screen that you can sort of hit. 
Yeah, it's quite a fun little game. It's odd, isn't it? Yeah, that, that uh, Star Wars Rally X. Ooh, Rally X cab, nice. Gallagher three screen buggy boy. Three Ooh, screen that buggy is boy, yeah. One, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, massive. I you used know, to play buggy boy on the Commodore sixty four. Had three screens. Th- a three screen buggy boy. How many screens are there? Uh, three. Th- no. Left, right, and middle. It's, a cr- it's crazy. Wow. Uh, I think there's one called that was Reactor. Which oh, is yeah. a terrible game. The, good the, good the, soundtrack on Reactor. Yeah, it's really yeah, smart. It's good, isn't it? And there was another Cloak and Dagger. Oh, I don't think I've ever played that, you know. It's a twin think, stick game, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit of a prototype thing, I think. That was yeah. quite good to play but as well. Yeah, oh, I right. there. It only worked for 45 minutes and it overheated, so you had to leave it off for two hours. Sort of wah, like that. Wah. And what was another one? Oh, he said it was a reverse missile command. Oh, he, um, elim- is it Eliminator? That's it, could be that, yeah. The Atari game. Sheesh, these guys, it's Liberator. Mm, something yeah, like, yeah, something yeah. like that. Very I, good. I have seen that, but never played it. Mm, yeah, cool. it's a right right good thing. And then me and WAF, because it's bank holiday. Girl, why do you travel on bank holidays and never learn me a lesson? I we told to, you not to do that. We went to Isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. Never been before. Never been to the of Wigget? No. Wife oh, said, man. Got the ferry over. Wife said, let's have a quick look at Ride. And it wasn't on our roster, because we only had five hours, so we had places to go. Oh, right. And we went, and there was this scooter rally. Oh, like right. a Like a thousand bike scooter rally. So we got across the road. <laughs> and couldn't move. Looked at a few arcades, which, which there's there's very little in them now. I put a, there's very few things. I took a photo. Yeah, I went, we I went about 10 years ago, and there were still a few retro games in there then. And I bought some stuff of the guy who run it. I can't remember his name now. Um, but it used to be quite good, because the one on the Isle of Wight is... Um, oh, the one in Ride, I can't remember the name of it now, is it? I can't remember. It's so long ago since I've been there. Peter Pan's? No, it wasn't that one. Arcadia. Arcadia, the big one on the seafront, yeah. It's Arcadia. I think think the same guy owns all the arcades on the Isle of Wight. I think he owns all of them. Um, The oldest thing I think I saw was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I think that's the oldest thing. Yeah. I remember playing 1942 in there for the first time in the wild in a long, 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 since I was a kid, long time. And I got a really good score back then for what I was doing. I really enjoyed playing it. And they had, they had a Kung Fu master in a, like an old Space Invaders 2 cab or something they'd converted. And I remember going back there about four years later and the same button still didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like wow. the down didn't work or one of the punch or kick buttons. I was like, oh my God, it still isn't working after all this time. Just haven't touched it in all those years. No one said anything about it. Yeah, there's a few a few newer ones in there, but nothing really. There's there's nothing. It was weird because because it was absolutely packed outside. You yeah. couldn't even get across the road. Wow! Because it was so many scooters, you had to, had to go to the scoot sta- scoot. Had to go to the starting point and scoot around there. So we, went, we got across to the got stuck in traffic. Got across to this thing that wife wanted to see, which was the birth pay birth place of a photographer. So. Dimbola Lodge that was on the west mm-hmm. and then we travelled back and that was it that was five hours because we were oh, stuck wow. in traffic so we saw nothing else and you paid £4,000 to get on the ferry 100 quid to get on the ferry I but think it, it, it was worth it but we didn't see any of the Isle of Wight we got a feeling that 
per per mile or kilometer or whatever you want to use distance that is the most expensive ferry in the world because of the it's it's not very far from the mainland of the uk to the isle of Wight, and that expense i think is the most expensive ferry per mile you can ever pay for it's so expensive it used to be about 30 quid for a car years ago and it's it's over it's nearly treble that now isn't it Mm, yeah because you can get the hovercraft but you can obviously walk in on a hovercraft and the hovercraft's really cool it's really quick it's like a sort of little sea bus Really nice. I'm glad we didn't know because you'd have to get a bus around and it was all just gridlock getting out of ride. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to move. Well, so, that was a good holiday then. Yeah, oh, it was, it was lovely. We stayed in a lovely B&B in Corehampton. Corehampton? Yeah, which is in the middle of Portsmouth and Southampton, a bit up in the da- South Downs, are they? All right, okay. Like that. Sounds nice. Lovely little balcony overlooking some trees. Oh, oh, oh. I said to the lady, I said, are them apples and them trees? The lady, lady and the thing, she said, yeah. I said, can I have a look at them? She said, yeah. I said, can I have some? She said, yeah. She said, you can only have the one. She shook, shook the tree like this. Yeah. And if the apples fell out, they were ready, ready to pop, ready to eat. So ready there to a few pop. underground. <laughs> you pop an apple. Yeah, it's easy. And then, so I've been eating about 10 amazing apples. You know, not supermarket, six in a bag apples. They're like proper flavour. But wow, this is like, because it is an orchard. And now you orchard. know where apples come from. Trees. So this is an education for you, then, this little trip. Yeah, I thought they come in bags. <laughs> you thought they came in little McDonald's wrappers with a bit of I'm pastry sh- around them. Shelf in supermarkets, but yeah, no, of course. come from trees. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was really good. Yeah, they, and we had, oh, oof. I went to, the, we went to, Saturday night, we went to this, no, we didn't. Sunday night, we went to this pub that was in Corehampton or somewhere near it and it was called the Shoe Inn and it's I think it's the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life it was gorgeous wow. they, they made they made their own bread so you got like a like a bit of bread to dip in some sort of olive oil or something and then a cheese the cheesecake was this is a food podcast by the way the no cheese, it isn't it's an arcade podcast Just get back onto the arcade the stuff the cheese cheesecake was amazing it's worth travelling 260 miles for that meal, I tell you. Yeah. No. Anyway, yeah. What else? What else? What else? Go on, what have you been doing? I have been sorting through... This is proper arcade boringness, this. I've been sorting through PCBs again. I need to get rid of these PCBs, man. I've got boxes of the damn things I don't use. Some of them are working, some aren't. Some have got little problems, some just black, blank screens... And they're actually getting in the way of playing the cabs. They're in the way of them. Um, I put aside some for Alex. I'm selling to Alex because they're going to be going in his new arcade museum. Or in some cabs anyway, at least. Uh, And I'll probably lump all the faulty ones and parts PCBs. Uh, I need to give some to one person who's kindly sent me something. And also just to get rid of them so people can use them. But I put some... I asked on UKVAC, one of the arcade forums a little while back, what some of them were worth, and hardly anyone put any valuations on there. So what I'll probably do is just roughly work out what I think they're worth, put them on for sale. If someone gets a bargain, great. If they're a bit too expensive, they can tell me and I'll just lower the price. Just get rid of the damn things. I'm just miffed of having them in the way now. Yeah. So another little arcade thing I haven't done in a long time is I made a uh, jammer adapter. So I got a bootleg Donkey Kong Junior. 
It's not Donkey King Jr. It's a Donkey Kong Jr. It plays the same as proper Donkey Kong Jr. But mm-hmm. it needed an adapter making up because it had one hardwired soldered to the PCB, which um, which kind of makes a mess of the edge connector. Uh, and it's such a good game, even on a bootleg, it deserves better. So I made a nice new adapter for it because um, the sound wasn't quite working on it either because I think one of the wires is a bit knackered on it. So it still has glitchy sprites. That's the problem. Mm. So I don't know what else I need to do into it, really. I can probably reseat some chips or whatever. But you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you go through doing all that and then it still doesn't quite work. Probably like, why well, can't just play this on MAME? Or Mister, or you know, whatever. So yeah, the PCBs are going, mate. I'm just going to keep the ones I need for the cabs, and maybe if a little box of stuff I can swap round in some cabs. And they got to go. They've got to go. They're so in the way now. Mm, don't blame you, really. Minimalize, minimalize. It's, that's the that's the key. It's not just that. If if the boards just stayed working all the time. And you knew when you put it in there, it's going to work. It wouldn't be so bad. You could sort of, you know, get some smart shelving and put them all on the bot in boxes and bubble wrap and stuff, keep them all nice and safe. And you guarantee when you take that one game out of this cab and put this one back in it, it's going to work. But a lot of the time, they just don't. They just they just deplete in in thin air. You know what I mean? It's just it's because it's such old technology, I suppose. And they've had a hard life in arcades and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, we, we've got means of playing the damn things now. Anyway, and I'm not going to be doing any world records where you need exactly the right hardware and the right circumstances, all that lot. So it doesn't really matter to me anymore. It's nice to have, if you've got an original arcade cabinet, so you've got a, one that's themed with, I don't know, Defender or something, it's nice to have a Defender board in it, for instance. Or if you've got a Pac-Man, have a Pac-Man board in there, you can sort it with a Ms. Pac-Man or something. But if it's just a generic cab and you put in different games in there, you want a selection of games... Just use emulation nowadays, I think. And, and Mister is a better emulation, obviously. And you can get the, you know, even even the even the sixty and ones and, and nineteen and one PCBs are okay. They're all right. They're probably better than the other ones. You the multi games you get, they're okay. And Main does a much better effort anyway. That kind of thing. Another thing I've done lately, talking about games, I went to the all new Forgotten Worlds in Kilmarnock. Remember, I was telling you about. Forgotten Worlds a little while ago. It's it's in an industrial unit in Kilmarnock, which is about 25 minutes, half an hour away from me. It's an easy drive. We went there with um, Mr. 20 to 5 and Porchy when you came down. Came up even. And um, they were going to, they were in the middle of moving back then to a place twice the size. And I went there last weekend. It is absolutely awesome. It's so good. You know, when we were in the single unit, you sort of looked at a row of stuff and you moved it out of the way and there's things hiding behind it. It's not it's not quite like that anymore. It's much more it's better organized. But there is still stuff stacked. They've got so much stuff, it's unreal. But they've also got an arcade there now as well, a little arcade underneath the um the upstairs part they've got. So they've got an outrun in there, they've got another racing game, they've got a U beat in the corner, they've got a cocktail cabinet, they've got an alien's resurrection. Uh, what else have they got? They've got quite a few cabs in it. It's a couple of Astro Cities in there. It's a nice little setup. It's really cool. And obviously, they've got the Japanese sweets and drinks and snacks, and they've got loads of console stuff, which I actually bought something this time as well. Because I did threaten them on the way in. I said, if I don't leave here without spending some money, I'm just going to give you some money for free. And they were like, oh, okay, that's all right then. 
So I actually found something to buy, which we'll talk about later on. Uh, other stuff than that, I've been mainly making joysticks. I'm going through another batch of joystick making. I've got some Did new ones on mention, the horizon. Didn't you? You got a mention yes. on the Retro Man Cave, Alex. He mentioned you twice, I think. Yeah. And mentioned as a 10 pence arcade part. He's a, he's a prominent YouTuber as well. Yes, yes. RMC is quite a big YouTube channel, and they've got a nice little, a little unit down there with their, their sort of um, their console shop and their their cave, whatever they call it. And it looks really good. And hopefully, I'll be going to visit that at the end of October because um, Alex is trying to get his arcade museum together. It's all looking really promising at the moment. He showed me some pictures of what he's been up to and some of the cabs he's got. Looks really good. The space is mm. amazing. I really like the look of this. It's going to be really cozy in there. And he's the way he's doing it really appeals to me. He's told me some of the stuff he's up to, and it really appeals. And um, Neil and Richard, who work there, do their thing there, are fans of our podcast, which is very nice. And mm. so hopefully I'll, I'll be I'll be going to visit them before long. And obviously when Alex does his thing, he's got some plans about that, which I'll let him talk about. I don't want to speak about it too much here unless he asked me to. Um, but we should have him on soon, actually, and ask him exactly what he's up to down there. His devious plans for arcades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looks, it sounds really good. From what I was talking to him about, it, it's it's really promising. I like the sound of it a lot. Um, it's obviously too far for me to go on a regular basis because it's right down in the middle of Stroud in Gloucestershire. But it's sort of more central for a lot of the people in the middle of the UK. Obviously, you've got um, <laughs> Bridgewater Arcade, Time Warp Arcade down there. You've got uh, the one in Milton Keynes now. You've got all the, obviously all the arcade clubs in the north of England. Uh, I think there's an NQ64. You said about in Glasgow, didn't you? Yeah, there should be one set up now. I, I haven't visited there yet, but I think that's more of a kind of LCD kind of retro bar kind of thing. Not quite our thing. I'm not sure. I have to have a look. They do have proper CRTs. Oh, really? It, it's in the news. It's If we... If we have, a, I'll talk about it in the news. I did not know that. They're popping up everywhere. Mm. Well, if they've got arcade games in them, brilliant. Like that. Mm. That is interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I have to find out what it is, actually. Uh, yeah, so making joysticks. I've got some new ones on the horizon. I've got a PC Engine one coming. Because the PC Engine pads are quite expensive to buy, even than standard ones. And PC Engine joysticks are even more expensive, so they're coming soon. I've worked out how to make a little interface, so it, it, it obviously interfaces between the controls and the PC Engine, because they've got a, a very different cable. It's got an 8-pin mini-DIN on it, and it, you've got to do a little bit of interfacing with a chip and some resistors, and I've worked out how to do that now. I've just got to try and work out the auto-fire um, circuit yeah. for people like you, Mr. Holly. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of the pads had auto-fire on them. The one I've got has mm. actually. I've got a Core Graphics uh, PC Engine. That's got auto-fire on it. It's been nice to have the auto-fire switches on the two buttons independently as well. And the other one I worked out, or I'm going to be doing very soon, is a Master System one. Because our friend Alan Chang, UberPixel, he asked for the Master System one. So that's another one coming up. And what was the other one I did? Ooh, I've forgotten how many things I've done. Oh, you've done tons. I've done an MSX one as well, but I didn't really... I only did one for myself. I've not done an overlay for it or whatever. But that'll be coming up soon. So, yeah, it's all good. Oh, and they're playing a little bit of the game as well while we're at it. 
Hello I would like to know. What are the games you've been playing? A lot. I say, Sean, what games have you been playing lately? Well, the month has gone very quickly and I've played nothing at all. I don't know what, I don't know, I've been really busy doing stuff somehow. So I've, I've only been playing Guzzler, that is it. Honestly, I've played nothing else. But Guzzlers? Guz, but Guzzler, that's it. I was what playing, playing? Oh, it's because I've been doing these joysticks, I've been playing PC Engine stuff lately. Ooh. And uh, some other things I've bought recently, I've been testing them out on my Famicom Junior. So I've been playing some Famicom games. Uh yeah, well, I won't tell you what I was playing on the PC Engine because it's got something to do with a little competition on at the end of the podcast. So that'll give the game away. But I've been playing a couple of games, like arcade ones, of course, and I've been really enjoying that. And obviously, a bit of Mr. Guzzler. Or Mrs. Mm. Guzzler, perhaps. Who knows? Oh, we don't know. Mm. So mm. you haven't been playing any modern games at all? I've been playing a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. Klonoa that was re-released for the Switch. But um, I don't... It's not... It doesn't... It's not as good as I remember it was. Because I've always loved Klonoa mm. and I like the, everything about it. But when I started playing that game, I'm like, no, it's not as good as I remember. Bit of a shame. It's a bugger. Mm. Well, I think I've played more games than these two and I'm a bloody corrections robot. Arcade News. As we talked about before, NQ64 is pop- popping up everywhere. There's nine now. Nine of them? Yeah. Are they dotted all over the UK then? Yeah, the, oh. yeah, Manchester. There's one. There's and they're in this. I'm looking at coin slot. I'm looking at arcade history. I was looking at coin slot. I said they have a, a good history going way back. NQ64 secures 2.5 million pound deal to expand retro arcade cocktail bar concept, and Ooh. they are proper cabs with proper CRTs. Nice. So they're going from strength to strength. There's one in Manchester, one in Newcastle, one in Glasgow. I think there was there's one opened in Leeds. All over, all over. That is interesting. I will have to venture out and try and find that. I'd say it's fifty percent craft ales and fifty percent gaming bit. and gaming. Yeah, it should be a hundred percent gaming. Yes. Oh yes, arcade news. Well, Alex had put it on his channel. He's changing his channel to be more focused on this arcade museum. He's doing the Retro Man Cave. Mm-hmm. So I put put a link there. It's very exciting stuff. It is. It is. I, I know a little bit more about it as well, which is even better. Mm. Yeah, I'm mm. looking, really looking forward to that. It's gonna be cool. So cool. Cool that. Cool. Did you see this on Twitter? There's someone caught on Twitter called uh, Doctor Dom Tilly. So, sorry, Doctor Tom Tilly. It says on there, using my parents' old coffee grinder as a game controller to play Puzzle Bobble Buster Move. This is a re-edit of an older video that gets straight to the grinding action. So on one side of the video, there's a, a screen from Puzzle Bobble. You know, you move the little the little twizzly thing down the bottom to pop the bubble, to throw the bubbles out. And you've mm-hmm. actually got, on the other side of the screen, him cranking this handle of an old coffee grinder, and he's got a big massive button next to it. So he's actually cranking it around to go left and right on it. It's really cool. They, they could do well. They could do something like that. Have you seen the that little yellow console, the new console that's come out? It's called a Play Date. Well, that you wind up. Yeah, it's got a little windy handle on the side. You could play play um, <laughs> Puzzle Bobble with that. Well, cool. the windy handle. I've seen people playing some games where you're actually using that handle to to move things around, and it is it works really well with the games it's got with it. 
They're only simple yeah. black and white games, but they look really nice. And the little, the actual console is really cute and really nicely made. And it looks really good. I do know. I think two people have got them, so there is a there is a chance I can have a go of one one day. They look nice, but this I is that kind of idea with the sort of handle you crank. I thought the cranking was to give it power. No, no, no. It's not. Ah. It's not wind up, Sean. I thought that was the idea that you. No, no, it's a controller. It's a controller. Because oh. you know, you know, you know, in this day and age where we are now, mm. Mm. there is there is batteries. Have you heard of batteries before? Bats, bats, yeah, bats, bats in bats trees, and trees. Yeah, bats, bats in, in trees. trees. Yeah, I've heard of bats in trees. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they produce elastic trickery to <laughs> power these things, and and the thing on the side is just to wind you up. Obviously, yeah, it looks good. Bats in trees. Whatever next? They're in caves normally, aren't they? But bats. Yeah, they hang in trees as well. Do they? Mm-hmm. They're clever than bats. There's a new arcade in Halifax. This, I had a look at it, it's a bit of a small arcade, but the, the idea I like about it is that all games are available to play for a charge of £2.50 for 30 minutes, which would be nice to drop in and out, free yeah. play, mm-hmm. or £5 for two hours. It sounds all right, really. You just want Not to bad at all. I think they've only got three or four cabs and then some consoles and some like other stuff. Is it a bar Pin. or is it like a, um, a calf? I think it's a craft. A carafe. A carafe. Hey, hang on, go in now. I'm going. Pac- play Pac-Man, Duncan, Space Invader, New Arcade and Pinball in Halifax. Cool. Hal- Halifax. Halifax is nice. I like Halifax. I'm just loading a video now, kids. Oh, yeah, there's some pins. Yeah. Did you have any luck with your EM pin hunting, by the way? I have been putting bids left, right and centre on things. I put... Uh... I put a bid of about 700 quid on one that was offered to me for 825 and it was taken off and it was put on auction. So I thought, I'll put 701 quid on that. I was at dinner and I just put it on there and left it and it went for 886. So I should yeah. have taken the offer in the first place for 825. It was what an was old, it? I can't remember which one it was now. It's, um, I think it was a 1969 one. It looked pretty cool though and it's in nice condition. It all worked as well. So yeah, if I can get one for under a thousand pounds, I'll be really happy. Um, but yeah, I'm on the lookout for anything from like the late '60s to late '70s. There's one I really like the look of. There's one on eBay, I think, but it's a bit more than my budget allows. And it's called Nip It. Have you seen that one? No. Nip now it, Whitney no. and Brent on the Broken Token podcast, who are proper pinball aficionados, they've got a load of pinballs and they're all about them. They were speaking about Nip It a while back, and it's it's an I think it's a 1973 something like that. I can't remember the date, but it's quite an old one. But it's an EM pinball, but it's got a multi ball on it, and it's got a bit where mm. you can actually grab the ball. I think it's magnetic, and you can move it around and spit it out with like a gator or something. Cause it's sort of like alligator and crocodile themed. That's sort of the the Nip It business is about and it looks really i'd like to get a nip it the nip it looks really really good but it was a bit i think it's a bit more than my budget would allow hmm yeah but i haven't got one yet but i am working on it son working on it then you'll learn how to fix them yeah but the electromechanical ones if it's got mechanical parts that need making i can make them myself and i think a lot of it is just electronic bits like solenoids and 
buzzy bits. I think they're called buzzy bits. Buzzy um, bits. And twizzly <laughs> bits, you know, and tinkly tonkly bits. And, you know, those bits, you, you yeah. find all about them. But yeah, it's much easier than solid state electronics as well, which I'm not very good at fixing. So hopefully before long I can get uh, an EM pinball. Be nice. Mm. Nice. Another thing on Twitter I noticed the other day, uh, this is from Paul Ham X. He is a, uh, a programmer or a developer that makes games on the Pico 8, Pico 8 um, virtual console, which I made an uh, actual console out of. And he's been doing arcade games. And he said, um, here's another one I never exported to itch.io so you can get it. And it is... Um, Frogger on a Pico 8. Right. And it looks, it looks a good. really good little version. It looks really cute. Imagine if that had come out in the early 80s on home consoles looking like that. It'd be That would be arcade perfect back then, wouldn't it? You'd wee your pants, I'd wouldn't wee you? wee my pants. I'd have to change my undercrackers because they'd be all <laughs> wet with excitement. No, don't say that. They'd be, yes, I would have an accident. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think he's doing another game as well. I can't remember which one it was, but there's a there's a ton of arcade ports on the Pico 8 now. So if you haven't got Pico 8 already, go and buy it. The license is about £12, $15 US. You get the right to use Pico 8 language on a Mac, Linux, Pi, uh, Windows computer, and you can get all these games for free. I don't think you pay for any games. I don't think anyone's putting money on games. It's all for free. They've done themselves. And you can play all these awesome games and even learn to program on it as well if you want to do something. It's a very limited skill set of, you know, you can only use this much K, RAM, you know, use this much storage space, this many colors, this much sound channels, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's really cut down, but towards sort of the, the old school way of game making. Very cool indeed. Yeah, it's, it's the limitations that you make you creative, don't they? Yeah, but they're so good. Look at that game. It looks awesome, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm, L- I'm limited. Little square limited. screen. Yeah, you're very limited. I'm limited and creative. Stunted, I'd say. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. Biscuits review. Biscuits review. I don't know about you. Biscuits review. Here we go. I don't know if we've done this before. We might have done. This is Asda Extra Special. Eight double. It's eight. So you know it's going to be good. Yeah. It's, How it's much not, were they though for eight? I don't know about one pound eighty something like that. Oh, that's a bit something cheap. Like eight double chocolate and hazelnut cookies. Solid eight out of ten for me. They're, they're they're good. They're not fantastic. They do what they say on the box, which is they don't say anything on the box actually. Oh, made with Belgian chocolate. They're an all butter recipe. They're not all butter because they just melt. So that's that, a lie. That's true. But at that's least it's a, not an all tarmac recipe. <laughs> you don't want that, do you? <laughs> It's stuck in your teeth. Uh, oh, tarmac. I have one cheesy. serious question about these eight double chocolate and hazelnut cookies. Yeah. Is it real hazelnut or is it hazelnut flavouring? Hmm. I thought it was hazelnut chunks. That's good because hazelnut flavouring, I really despise it. I hate hazelnut flavouring. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, yeah, bought, it, yeah. we bought some Cocoa Pops, hazelnut flavoured, limited edition ones. They are rank. They're so mm. nasty. Hazelnut flavouring is disgusting. It's like a really artificially sweet flavour. It's ugh. But I like hazelnuts. Same as bananas. Mm. I like banana, the fruit, and I hate banana flavoured stuff. Disgusting. 
you I eat a lot a lot of nuts now that's because you are nutty a bit, a bit of nuts it helps my mental state i have yeah hazelnuts pistachios macadamias pecans walnuts almonds got them all in the cupboard Sean raisins nose yeah. nuts You do realise you've just listed nuts on the podcast. Yeah, that's still in my cupboard. That's, that's, that's going in the show notes. Cashews. Well done. Lovely, lovely. The only ones that don't have are peanuts, because they're not actually a nut. They're a legume. No, they're a pea. No, they're, they're a legume, they are. What's it? So that's your prejudice over nuts, is it? Because it's a legume. But it's got, they've got no flavour. Yeah, Honestly, peanut flavoured, you idiot. You've got to cover them in like... You know, you know peanut dry, butter? Right? You're not peanut dry, butter. What yeah. does peanut butter taste of? Peanuts. Yeah. So it's, it's got a flavour, hasn't it? It's got like palm oil and sugar in it and all sorts Sean of Sean learns peanuts. <laughs> Sean. Yeah? Repeat after me. Yeah. Peanuts. Peanuts. No. Peanuts. 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 <laughs> We're getting sinister now. Stop. <laughs> What's in Victor's wallet? We don't know. Let's find out, shall we? Ooh. Well, I've been buying a few things. This is quite a lot of things, actually, because it's basically parts. Uh, I bought 20 9-pin D cables, and then I bought another 20 last night as well because they were cheap. On, on a, AliExpress. It's 180 pins. Just a lot of pins, mate. Uh, 20 Samoa JLF copy joysticks. Because they were they were also, I don't know why, they were cheap where I normally buy them from. They're like two-thirds the price they normally are. So I went, I'll have 20 then. I needed three or four. I'll have 20. Uh, four rotary encoders for the Tempest controllers I make for uh, Vectrex. Five zero-delay adapters, you know, the PC adapters. So you can... Um, make a joystick into PC to use on a Mac or a Linux or a, a, a PC computer. Uh, two analog joysticks for making Vectrex big boy controllers. Ten black joystick boxes we've used already. Five grey ones, I've used three of them already. Three beige ones. Because um, I've done one of the PC Engine joysticks. Because the original PC Engine was a white or beigey colour with red trim on it. So I'm going to do an overlay for that with that one. The grey one is going to be the... Sorry, the black one's going to be with blue colouring, and that'll be the core graphics one, like the one I've got. And the grey box you can get, I'm going to do up as a core graphics too, because that was grey and orange coloured. So I'm going to have overlays for the three different versions of it. I'm still working on the overlays, actually. I'm not very good at doing the artwork, so I only use, like, really simple paint programs. I don't actually use... Photoshop or anything like that. So I'm just sort of plugging away doing those overlays. They're only simple anyway, but trying to get them half reasonable before I get them done. And what else? Oh, from where I live, uh, very close to me, there's a famous Barrowlands. And every Saturday and Sunday, there's a Barrowlands market. That's like basically junk shops. There's a few nice proper stalls, but mainly just junk shops and, you know, traders of whatever secondhand stuff and that and there's a really good place in the barrows called a retro hut there's a nice guy there who runs it with his wife who i've bought stuff off before and i always have a chat to him about stuff i showed him some more joysticks he was quite impressed 
And I said to him a little while ago, if you ever have, and I gave him a list of things I was quite looking for, and one of them was a Commodore Plus 4. I've always liked the look of the Commodore Plus 4. I like the keyboard and the, the general engineering design of it. Mm. I didn't like the Commodore 16 much because it was just a dark-coloured VIC-20, wasn't it? And because it was only yeah. 16K memory, it didn't have very good games on it. They're a bit of a, an oddity, really, because they went from the VIC-20 and then the Commodore 64 was absolutely awesome. And then they went sort of back a bit with the, the Commodore 16 and the Plus 4. But the Plus 4, I've always liked the look of, and I've always wanted to sort of get into that. And it, they always come a bit too expensive and they don't work or whatever. And I said to him, if you ever have a Commodore Plus 4, I'll probably buy it off you. I'm looking for one, okay? And I saw him the other week, and he said, oh, I've got one in Plus 4s. I said, oh, brilliant. He said, I bought it off a guy, and he told me it worked, and it doesn't. It's just got a garbled screen. I went, oh, right. And I, I gave him an idea how to fix it. So you want to do this and do that and do this and do that. And he went, oh, oh I don't really. I said, I'll tell you what, if you want it, you can have it for 30 quid. But if there's anything wrong with it, it's your problem. I went, right, okay, absolutely. I know it doesn't work. I'll have it. I'll try and fix it. 30 quid, bargain. I let him keep all the tapes. There's a lot of tapes with it, apparently. I'm not sure there's a tape recorder, uh, mm. a data set, because I, I don't ever use tapes. I always put one of those little SD cards in it and use ROMs. Yeah. So I said, well, I don't need them. You can have all sell them separately. I don't care about those. I just have the power pack and the computer. That's it, right? Off I trotted. Got it home. I wrote about this on Twitter, actually. Got it home, and I did everything I told him to do to it to fix it. So I put it on, plugged it in, put it up on the TV. As he said, garbled screen. So you, you normally have, like I said, I think it's a purple screen with a white foreground and some black writing on it. And it was all garbled and stuff all over. So, right, okay. So it went online. I found a place that does um, a binary file, which is a diagnostic check for it. So I burned that to an EEPROM. I took out the original EEPROM in the, in the computer, which is in a socket, put this diagnostic checker in it. And what it does, it bypasses everything. It just runs that first. It ran that. It ran all these different colored screens and stuff. And when it finished, it was just coming up with loads, a screen full of the letter B. You go online where I got this thing from, and it says, right, if it does this, this, and this, this, or this, it's this, this, and this. And it said, if it's a B, it was this RAM here. And it had like U12 or whatever it was. Looked on the computer. There's U12 there. I unsoldered it, took it out, put a new socket in, put a new bit of RAM inside the RAM from a, a very similar computer, which is almost the same, and it works the same. Put that RAM in, turned it on, worked. Nice. It took me 32 minutes of time myself doing it. So yeah, I got that going. Away. I took the keyboard apart because the keyboard, when you press the, some of the keys, they weren't quite coming on right. just needed a good clean inside. And it still needs a bit of a clean. I don't think I cleaned it properly. I'm going to take it apart and do it properly. Um, but then I, I put one of my devices I've got already for it, an SD that I use on the Commodore 64, put some games on it, worked up perfectly. And I've even made a little joystick adapter because rather than using the nine-pin ones that every computer in the world used, well, basically all the old 8-bit ones, they decided to change that as well on the Commodore 16 and Plus 4 to little round 8-pin D-pins, which is, oddly enough, the same cable connector as a PC engine, but it's wired completely different. So I made myself a little adapter to go to a 9-pin D-plug, and it plays absolutely lovely. I was playing Burks the other day, which is like a kind of, kind of berserk kind of game. Yeah, good games in Burks. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, actually. And there has been some modern homebrews on it, which I'm hopefully going to get into. I've ordered a an SD to IEC, is it? 
or is it SIO on the Commodore? I can't remember. But it was the, the Commodore version of the SD card reader. So I've ordered one of them to put inside it of an internal version so it can have its own games on it that'll load really quick. And I've got Jivy DOS for it as well, which loads the games faster. I hope to get into some of those games because there's some really nice remakes and modern games people have made for it. They look really good. Right. Look really yeah. good. Yeah, they've that's done good. some wonders on it, things you'd never imagine would be on there. I think there's one called Pets Rescue. It looks really, really good. It looks better than a Commodore 64 game, which is hard to believe. But yeah, yeah hopefully... It's one I've never seen. Me, we had a Commodore 16 in the house because my brother had one. And some of the games are decent. The Burks games are good. Yeah. But I've never, I've never seen a plus four in the flesh, apart from events. I might have seen one at an event somewhere. The one I really like now is when I was doing a bit of research into this, there was different versions of it. And there was one that looks like a plus four, but a lot, lot smaller. And it was basically a Commodore 16 inside, because it didn't have so much memory. But it's tiny. It's like two-thirds the size of a plus four. I think it's called a 116 or a 216. I'd like to get older one there, but I think they're quite rare, those ones. Really cool-looking right. computers. I do like a nice-looking computer, me. I do like them. And that oh, one's right. keyboard's awesome. Another one I've got coming. Oh, before I do that, um, the other thing I got is when I went to Forgotten World, because I threatened them with money, yeah. if I didn't go <laughs> with anything, I, I got some Famicom carts. Because you know I, I like the different colours. coloured Famicom yeah. carts, right? I know it sounds shallow, but I didn't just go for colours this time. I actually found some games I quite fancy the look of. I think I had about eight or nine games. There, there was, um, There's a bunch of arcade stuff in there, as you know with me. Um, and I'm quite getting into collecting them now. Uh-oh. I'm not going to go mad. I'm just going to get ones I like and, and get cheap ones and stuff. And I've got uh, another friend's going to send me some of his duplicates soon as well, which is quite nice. But I've bought a bunch of those. And also, I have got... You know I've been looking for some monitors for my ponies, my new ponies. Because the, yeah. tube, the tubes are both knackered on mine. For ages. I've got a free Polo 28 tube coming. The only thing it's going to cost me is to get uh, Martin the delivery man to deliver it for me because it's a big thing. It's been picked up already. Hopefully it'll be here in the next month or so because he's got to pick me another one up from right down the bottom of the country, which I'm getting for oh. free as well. Um, the only thing is it's a Polo chassis, not a Polo 2 chassis. They are different. Sorry, tubes, tubes. I need a chassis. I need a Polo chassis for it. So hopefully... I can swap one of my Polo 2 chassis for a Polo 1 or something on one of the forums and then hopefully get that in the, in the machine and get it going. I have another pony on the on the loose. You've been after that for ages, haven't you? I have been after that for ages. I also was looking at, on Facebook Marketplace, I look on there now and it's not great, uh, but someone was giving away a 36-inch CRT television. You know how big that is? They are absolutely massive. Yeah. But it'd be awesome for console gaming. 36-inch CRT. Ooh. It's it's quite a few hours away from where I live, but I'm going to get hold of them and hopefully... I'd like, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have a really big CRT. Because remember the ones they had at Arcade Club, like the 48-inch ones, the really huge ones? I think they were 34, I think. Oh, really? They weren't that big? Yeah, Probably the same size as this thing, then. Four of them. But I don't I think... think it was 34. 
I got a feeling a 36 inch CRT won't go in the back of my car. Even when the seats fold, I don't think it will fit. So uh. that will scupper me if that's, if that's the case. Because they are absolutely ginormous. Yeah. <laughs> They're about a metre deep. They're really deep because obviously the tubes are massive on them. God. I would love to have that because you don't see many of those massive CRTs anymore. Because it's a 4.3. It's not, it's not a widescreen. It's a 4.3 as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's a really nice TV. So hopefully I'll get that, but I'm not, not sure. You've been buying stuff? Big telly. Got a big you telly. You bought a telly? Yeah. Not a CRT, though. Not a 36-inch CRT. No, it's, yeah, it's a It's a 55-inch OLED. 55? 55, That's yeah. not big. Well, you know you can do them calculate. You can put a calculator on. You put your, your depth of the room, where the sofa is, and where, where you would like the TV. Right. And it said, to avoid, like, you're looking left and right because you're too close to the TV. Yeah, you that's want crazy. Four, a 48 to 55 inch TV. So I thought, we'll go to 55. Oh, yeah. I got it, I got it yesterday. I got two, actually, because I got one from Amazon. It was damaged. So I Ooh. sent it right back. It was, it was bent and cracked. Glass were cracked. Ooh, so dear. I sent that back, ordered another one from Curry's the same day. Curry's one came yesterday. Yeah. The Amazon, Amazon one was picked up today. But I'm already used to it. We're already used to it. But it's a fan. It's an amazing picture. What make is it? LG. LG. So it's got Netflix, because instead, instead of running everything off a computer, but underneath it, and like I've got a mouse and a keyboard and a, a controller for the soundbar, and everything's just on one controller, so everything just works. Have you got any five but, and a quarter inch floppy disk to put in it? No, there is a, there is a gap for summer. So what about a zip that. disk? There is a kind of a, a little gap, but I can't... That's just for putting tortillas in. I can, it, well, you could probably fit a tortilla in. Well, that's what it's for. Does it say on there, tortilla tray? No, it... it I bet there's a little pop-out thing for dips as well. It does say what? (laughs) (laughs) It does say some words on it. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm not convinced by massive... You know when you get like the 90-inch TVs and 100... I don't even know what the biggest ones are nowadays. They're massive. Mm, Yeah. I don't don't want one. I don't want a massive Mm. TV. I would would really like... I seriously would have if if I could get my own way in my house, which I can't because I do mm. have to live with my wife. My wife is the thirty-six inch CRT. I'd love to just have. I'd, I'd love just. They're so much better to me. Mm. I much prefer them than these flat, stupid LED OLED things, whatever they're called. Yeah, if if you've got a size of room that you could put a big one in, fine, fair enough, but. The better thing to do is save your money, buy a reasonable size one, and just sit a bit closer. Duh. Yeah, this is it's an amazing picture, and it's it's 120 hertz as well, so it's built for gaming. It's got G-Sync and FreeSync built in, if you know what that is. I have no idea, but mm. have you played Berserk on it yet? No, I think you probably could. You could probably hook up something to it. Good, without any lag and all that business. Yeah, there won't be any lag. I don't. Well, there might be a tiny bit through the HDMI cable. So HDMI, you see. You know that that bullet going through your neck or into your head. It's all the difference, Sean. <laughs> Listener feedback. Have you had any feedback lately? Oh, I'd, 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 are I'd, they I'd still big, listening? Had a big feed. Had a yeah. big Ooh. feed. Ooh, I had cheese on toast. Earlier. That was a quite a big feed. 
Oof. Doctor so, Goggles, Neil, Niall. We met him. Met him at. He is a doctor the, of goggles. We met him at Nerg. Lovely guy. The Battle Zone 2 game you mentioned in the show at Nerg was awesome. I didn't realise it was fan made. Far superior to Battle Zone. And then Rygar says, Rygar. He says, It certainly was impressive. What were the power ups, different baddies, improved graphics, and shiz? Maybe just a touch on the easy side, though. The game seemed to go on for ages. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of, it might be fan made, but it's. Yeah, I think so. I think it adds, to, it's one of them rare things that actually adds to the game, adds yeah. to a classic game, I think, and makes it better. I really enjoyed playing it, and I know someone who's actually got the kit for it, but but he hasn't got a cab to put it on at the moment, but he'll be getting one, I think, for this. Oh, Say sorry. no more. Mr. Happy Dude, Mark Happy Dude, he says, Welcome back, Mr. Vertvik. Thank you very much. Once again, a fantastic podcast, fellas. Top banana. Not banana flavour in his mind. A proper banana. Ooh, Smarty Martin. How's tricks, Vic? Good to hear you back on the pods this month. You mentioned colorizing asteroids. I did this a few years back based on a hardware mod Jason shared. I hacked the rims, the ROMs, ROMs. To, the ROMs to alter the colors and a few other bits. I was most impressed with having multicolored explosions. That's how he said it. Explosions. The monitor was a DIY color vector and I've never had great convergence. I had a great convergence with someone at work today. Good for you. Anyway, anyway. They, all, they all bent at one corner and then none of their colours lined up properly. Yeah. It's a joke, that, that is. <laughs> They're very strange and people. Anyway, have a great day. He's put. Yeah, Martin sent me this in a message, actually. And, uh, yeah, Arcade Jason's very clever with the uh, with the vector stuff. And um, I think Martin's on about the... He made a colour vector monitor for a project he was working on for Star Wars out of a 14-inch colour TV. I think that's the one he's on about. And when Martin has a meet next, it's miles away from me nowadays, but, I mean, if I can ever get down there, I have to press him to show me it working on that because that would be awesome. I'd love to see a, mm-hmm. a colour version. Hey, Martin, I know you're listening. Can you dump the ROM out to play it in MAME, perhaps? That'd be interesting. we actually have a look at it then, couldn't we? Mm. Because there's that version of MAME, isn't there? That um, I can't remember what it's called now, but you can play all the really odd version, the hacked versions. Oh, yeah. Is it called Odd, odd MAME? Odd no, it's MAME. not called that, but you know what I mean, don't you? He's not that far off. It's called Misfit MAME. It's got all the weird versions and the hacked versions. The graphics have changed, the music's changed, the levels have changed. People have done all sorts of weird and wonderful things with it. I bet you can play it on that. It'd be interesting to see. Mm. So I think I read about one years ago, and I didn't realise that um, that Martin had actually made one not that long ago as well. Yeah, I'd love to see Asteroids in Colour. Brilliant. Mr. Tw- Mr. 20 to 5, it's been a long, long time since I gave feed to your backs, so allow me to rem- remedy this now. The best thing about providing this feedback is, is being able to give it, not just to Sean, but also to Victor. And this is the real reason it's taking me the time to send it in. I know how much time something like this takes and how the weight of each month's release can at times seem like a burden. Like a burden. But I have been with you guys from the almost very start. I still utterly love your inane wittering. Oh, in you mean that must, be, that must be me. So it's wonderful to hear Vic back on the microphone for last year's last month's pod. However, however long it takes, 
However long it lasts for, I'll be there listening. So a huge thanks from me. As much as I love the hobby, the games and the tinkering, it is by far, far the folk you find along the way that make it really all worthwhile. A lot of the events, nights out, sleepovers, game room visits, janky high school challenges have all been inspired and encouraged. And in some way or another, have have from having listened to your podcast, I've made the links with friends and other listeners. So, and this just keeps on happening. Nerg seeing our regular group get back together post-pandemic with new faces found and added. Even that pesky pirate Rhaegar turned up and a very nice fellow after all. Andy's son. Take care, guys. Hope to catch you all again soon. Mr. Rhaegar and Mr. 20 to 5 have been fighting away their guzzler scores. I think they're quite close. And yeah, it's been watching it's been, on Twitter and sort of really good that, battling yeah. with each other. It's good. Friendly shout outs. Shout outs. I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. Deadlock who sent me a CSV file that he uses when he updates our PDF for the 10 pence arcade. And I've used the CSV file to just do little sorts. So we've done. I've not got it in front of me, but we've done more static screen shoot 'em ups than anything else. Like twenty three. Oh, <laughs> okay. We've done about twenty odd horizontal. We've done vertically scrolling. We've done platformers mazes. But there's one genre that we've not really covered, and that has been highlighted by this CSV. So we're going to play one of those games later, kids. Yeah, and you've got to remember, everyone, <laughs> I've looked at these show notes we're looking at and I know what he's on about. Mm. Yeah, it's, mm. it's got points, so it's got points, so you can play it for high score. Mm. Ollie Alpha One and his lovely family for hosting a super meat, Dan Sarf, and food. There was there was non-alcoholic beer, and there was normal beer. There was there was games, there was laughter, there was joy, there was cuddling. It was was there, so was there seasons in the sun. Yeah, it was art. Yeah. It was art. It was art. I stay crouch in the corner because I get burnt really easy so I just have to sort of stay in the conservatoire Uh for me it's going to be thanks to Alex Uh, when he came up to see me he was in Scotland some some other business as well he had a very interesting cabinet in the back of his van which I'm not going to tell anyone what it is I loved it I loved the look of this thing it was really nice and I hope he gets it all working and get going it's going to be really cool uh, he also brought up he brought me a Famicom disc system as well I forgot to mention that he gave me, he gave me a Famicom disc system because I asked him if he had any any duplicate Famicom cartridges and I think he, he, he deals with his and he, he collects the UK ones or whatever and he said oh, I've got, I've got a, um, a spare Green Beret Famicom disc system cartridge I said oh I haven't got a disc system otherwise I have it he said oh, I've probably got a spare one it's not working but you probably get it fixed if you want oh yeah brilliant thanks very much and I've had it, it loaded the first side of the cartridge, of the, the disc, but it keeps erroring 22, which is a common error, apparently. And I think the thing needs a new belt, because they nearly always need a new rubber belt, because it stretches over time and falls to bits. And obviously the timing <laughs> of the disc doesn't work. But I've adjusted the, the voltage on it to get up to 5 volts for the, the speed of the thing that rotates. And that got it loading the first side. When you turn it over to the second side, it keeps erroring. So it needs to be the belt replaced and then the alignment done on it apparently it's quite an easy thing to do but those cut those discs let me just get the disc for you a sec oh no i can't find it where is it there it is Ooh, come in, 
cute are these? The size they're of that. And they're little yellow cartridges, and they actually look like the little the little guy who's the sort of. Um, oh right, yeah. They're like three, I think they're three inch. And apparently, I was looking on, uh, I asked for some information on Twitter about how to fix it and everything, where to get belts from, which luckily, uh, oh, what's his name? Is it Simon Locke Ergen, who's a really, really excellent repairer of consoles? He does the really hard repairs. And he said, oh, you can get them here. It's the same belt as a, I think a plus three floppy disk and an Amstrad 6128 floppy disk. It's the same belt on that, and apparently it's the same unit inside, a Mitsumi unit, but it uses slightly different media, so you can't use their discs on it, but they're the same shape, and it's the same unit, but obviously it works differently with the data and the stuff. I'm, I'm going to be collecting these damn things next, aren't I? Yeah. Because <laughs> they are so cute. They're really cool. They've got a little slip case on them, a little plastic case and a little sort of slip cardboard picture in there. Really, really cool. Really cool. And I think they're, especially if you get them from Japan as well, they're dirt cheap to buy. Yeah, very will they, cool. Will they still work though after all these years? I think so, yeah. If I think the discs aren't really the problem if they've been looked after. It's the actual, the belts on the on the floppy disk systems. As soon as you mm. get that belt replaced and it runs the right speed and everything and align it, it works. And I think you can actually use, he was saying as well, Simon was saying, you can use the internals from those other systems on this thing. So if you wanted to replace the whole lot, if it was completely knackered and you can get it working, you can replace the whole lot inside. And it's really Ooh. cute. And it works with my Japanese um, Famicom Junior as well, because I haven't got a normal... Well, I've got some Famicoms, but I don't use them. And I've got the Junior one, the Junior Ness, I think they called it. And it works mm. with that. So, yeah, I'm really happy to get that going. It'd be cool. That, um, that thing's on order. The, the belt is on order. It should be here in the next couple of days, so... Get back to you next time about that. Oh, very nice. It was obviously lovely talking to Alex again. I haven't seen him for a little while, or since Nerg at least. And he took a load of PCBs away from him for the for the uh, the museum, which is quite nice. And I was going to see him the next. I was going to go to Forgotten Worlds, but I couldn't make it. I, I was going to take some for them, and I didn't have it ready on time. So it'll be next time, I think. Also, Uberpix and Alan, Uberpix and Alan. Um, because he's got a little box of Famicom carts for me as well coming soon, which is very nice of him to give to me. Thank you very much. Very nice. And everyone else who's been buying those joysticks off me. It's very mm. satisfying getting them together. And Alan's sort of asked for one that's pushed me to do the, the Master System one, which I'm really pleased with the look of. And the overlay should be here tomorrow for that. So I should have hopefully a picture out on Twitter and Instagram over the next couple of days when I get those ones fit. Them working as well. Very cool. Mm. Mm. Nice. Homebrew Heroes. So, did you actually play River Raid as a kid on the 2600? A lot, yeah. I loved oh, it. More on, more on the Commodore 64, really, which is a very good version. Yeah, I've played it since being a child, as a full-grown, normal man. Mm. And I've played it on... The 2600, I think I burnt myself a copy of it for one of the multi-carts. But this is a version on the Amiga. Mm. So what does it look like? Is it, is it based on the original game, or is it with hyped-up graphics and sound? It's a bit more hyped-up. It's the same principle. You know, you speed up, slow down, get fuel, shoot. Stay in the boundaries of the, the river. Yeah, they they look a bit more complicated. Like the, Some of it's almost like a maze to get through. 
but it's fast moving. It looks really good. River Raid Reloaded on the Amiga. All right, cool. Yeah, it looks really. Out, it, it looks like um, a mid eighties uh, vertical shmup. Yeah. Kind of, kind of reminds me of the graphics of nineteen forty two. Yeah, there's a lot of games that. Oh, now I'm thinking of the consumer construction kit. I think that was on the Commodore sixty but it's definitely not this because it's you know you can speed up and slow down there. I think that was on the C sixty four. Yeah, it looks really good. Very good. Very it, good. It does look like an eighty, a mid eighties arcade game. I like the look of that, even though I don't think much of Amigas. I'm all for having arcade games on Amigas, though. Absolutely. Mm. Oh yes. Oh yes. Arcade Master Quiz. Okay. Because, Mr. Marland, yes. you always give me quizzes that are from some fiery pit of hell. Or, you could take it my way, my stance on it, your rubbish at quizzes. Right. So, well, because of that, ears. you're going to give me an evil quiz. Get your ears around this. I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> right, start with an easy one, right? Go on, then. How many questions have we got this time? Ten. Mm-hmm. I think you'll get two. Oh, really? That's a challenge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, no, I don't I'm gonna know. I'm going to get 11. Now you watch. Oh, yeah, some of them multi-point. I forgot about that. Yes. 1979 was the first ever SNK game. What was it called? Oh, damn. It's an Invaders clone. Not, re- not really. Not a clone. Ooh, uh... I'm going to have to hurry here. I don't know. Osma Wars. I did know that. Damn. Osma Wars. Yeah. It was the first game with an energy supply and the first game with almost levels, different waves, different attack waves, not not levels where you move from one thing to another. Is it not like Galaxy Wars? Uh, You shoot a missile up through the invaders to get the things at the top? No, it's kind of like a space invaders thing. You're like anchored on the bottom. Okay. Yes, okay then. That so was that's none out of one so far. Yes! Right, This is the, these first three questions are 8080 hardware, so this is another one 8080 hardware, ancient. Yeah. What type of game is Midway's 1978 Spacewalk? Spacewalk? A Spacewalk, what's it similar to? Oh, is it a bat and ball game? Like Circus? Cat. Yes, I thought it so. is. Clowns and circus. Sean. Damn it. Sean. Damn it. <laughs> I, I just gave Sean the finger on the video there. All right, then. Get your ear chops around this one. Number three. This is the last one on 8080 Hell, by the way. Three virtual pins were made by Toru Iwatani before Pac-Man because he wanted to make pinballs. Yes. And, he, and they're kind of a breakout meets a pinball. They're very good games. Yeah. What can you name all three? For three points. And this was Taito. This was Namco. Namco. Ah, GB. Yes. Uh, Got one point. Damn it, they're all very similar, aren't they? Um, Yeah. Gonna have to hurry you. (laughs) You will not hurry me. You will just edit all this thinking time out. Uh Oh. Bombi? Oh, yeah bag yeah <laughs> oh what was the other one though there's um, one more 
I don't know, but as soon as you say it, I'll know it. QTQ. QTQ, of course. Yeah. Oh, dear. You're doing well there, then. You did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, they're really good games as well. They're really yeah, smart. Yeah, they are. I like it. We should do one of them. You can do it with a mouse, actually. What type of game is Crash? It's the same as... Um, it's a maze game with cars. can't remember the original name. You've got to avoid the car. And you're eating pills going around the tracks. Yeah. What's the original it, game called? Head On. Head On. That's the one. Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of those. Copies of it. Yeah, loads. Who made Crash? What company? Exidy. Yeah, how did you know that? It's just knowledgeable, sake. mate. God! <laughs> right, question five. Space Fighter Mark II is a clone of what game? Space Fighter Mark II. Ooh. Um, what... Ah, oh, what was that? Is it Interceptor? No, no. Space Space Invaders. Oh, okay. What you won't get this then? What was the developer of it? You can have a shot in the dark at this. Iwatani. Sorry, manufacturer. Manufacturer of what was again called again? Space Fighter Mark Two. Sega. No, Data East. Hmm. Who developed this? Is question six. Who developed 1983 roller coaster platform game Jump Coaster? Who who pushed this out into the world? Jump Coaster. It's a good game. Looks good. What what year was it? 83. 83. Uh, Data East. No. Is it a Deco game? No, Canico. Canico. Okay. It was licensed by another company to bring it over here who licensed it uh, century taito mm. oh number seven oh, this is good i told you it's impossible what year was the lost castle in dark mist released 86 yes how did you know that you it's an educated guess that one i sort of know the era of the game what type of game is it it's a kind of RPG hack and slash thingy. No. Is it not? No. Well, it's 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 a, a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up. Oh, right. With, I didn't know that. But with, but with like medieval kind of things. Okay. Okay, question eight. You do, you're doing all right. Doing all right. What happens when you collect a hidden strawberry symbol in Black Tiger? Oh, strawberry symbol. Do you get more zenny points? No. What happens when you get a strawberry then? Four armour, plus four on your armour. Doesn't really matter though with that game, does it? Yeah, oh yeah, um, armour matters. rubbish. Armour matters in real, you need armour in real life when battling in bad guys in the street with knives. Number nine, Jet Soft Cavalon runs on which hardware? Pack- oh no, no. <laughs> I'd say it's Galaxian hardware. No. What is it, it Pac-Man? Konami Scramble hardware, believe it or not. Oh, right. So it's possible that that game could one day appear on the Phil Murray Scramble hardware. Hint, 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 Phil. Is it not already on? No, not already no, it's on not there at the moment, but it could possibly go on there. Mm. Right, and question 10... How many points do you get for shooting down a helicopter in rescue? 
150. 250. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Actually well, you got, got that game, damn it. You got six out of those multiple questions. You said I wouldn't even get two, Sean. You got six out of about 15. So yes. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. That's that pretty good for those difficult O questions. He could have done much better. You should be a bit ashamed of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You are not right, going to get. You're not going to get one question on the next quiz because I'm going to ask you stuff about traces on a PCB from 1977. Tracy, is she? Yeah. Traces on the PCB. Get off, love. You're going to squash it. Yes. Squash it to death. Nostalgia stories. This is nostalgia stories from Thomas Lubbock, and he sent a really good one with pictures and everything. Brilliant. A few retro game arcade memories. I'll attempt to keep this as brief and digestible, early biscuit reference, uh -huh, as I can. But I was born in 1971 and living in Norfolk, visits to Great Yarmouth were frequent. I adored spending time in the arcades. Back then, my father owned a couple of cafes which had a lineup of mechanical bingo machines, Bally and other. There's mm. pictures there. Pat's Cafe, Norwich, 1980s. Wow. Bally and other mechanical bingo table tables, pictures taken later. At a reunion in the nineties. Now these are them EM things you're after. Yeah, these sort of this is not quite pinball. This is a bingo where you you, you just got to oh, find. Yeah. There's no. There's no. I don't think there's flippers. Is there? Oh yeah, yeah. There's not. Is they there? They were sort of the transition between the pinball we know of and the old bagatelle kind of games. God, they're ancient. Because you, you know this what? Is there's there's not that ago. many pictures around in the 80s of arcades because people never really took pictures because you had to have them developed or you had to have a Polaroid or whatever. And people didn't take as many pictures anywhere near what you do nowadays. Everyone's got a camera on their phone, whatever. Mm. It, it's really nice seeing pictures of these. Like, even the 90s ones, it's nice seeing these pictures of the old machines. Cool. Yeah. Obviously, these were made for amusement only, but without going into detail, a cash-in of credits agree agree agreement made them very popular. I would often watch with wonderment as as he, I think his dad and associates, would be repairing the old things to keep them going. At one point, he had a garage with over 30 tables for spares and rotation. I doubt anybody at that time had that many in the UK. Wow. Her first recollection of home gaming was when my father came home with a Binaturn Pong style game i'm guessing 1977 i then have a vivid memory of being at a family friends and they had an atari 2600 i thought it was amazing i can still recall sitting on the floor playing combat oh yeah that's a good little cartridge an indy 500 with the driving controls and seeing the future it wasn't long before we had a 2600 i still have that original heavy sixer in the collection of car and the collection of cartridges and the obsession grew my list of consoles and home computers back then was extensive. I was, I was fortunate to have a room dedicated to them all. From memory, ZX81, ZX Spectrum, BBCB, Amstrad, Sharp, Intellivision, Clevervision, Vectrex. Still owned and played more than ever. Handhelds, tabletops, games and watches, etc., etc. It was the early 80s that my father decided to build an extension on the back of one of the cafes and open a small arcade. Although taken as much later date, you can just make out the sign at the top right proudly reading video games in the picture below. Ah, oh, so cool. Being an addicted gamer about nine-ish, he actively utilised my knowledge and opinion to help choose the initial contents of the arcade. When we opened, I can remember them being Asteroids, Defender, Phoenix, Galaxian, Space Invaders and Moon Patrol, all dedicated cabs. 
There were others, but it's a little hazy. A couple of pinballs are also in there, including the Bally Dolly Parton, which was a favourite of mine. That's a great game. It was a hive activity. I would go there every night to school, as would others over the years, and many cabinets would come in and out. I'd help count the 10 Ps at the end of the week, and we'd discuss which games were ready to move on and which ones would replace them with. We had a couple of local suppliers, Paulomatics in Norwich and Logic Shop in Great Yarmouth, who would visit for boards and cabinets and were avid readers of coin slot to seek out some bargains further afield. I also attended open days and trade shows with Dad, nothing better than a day off from school and playing newly released games. I remember going to Earl's Court with him and playing Gyrus for the first time at a show, must have been about 82, 83, and telling him we had to have it. By then, we had more and more Jammer-style cabs. Thinking back, they were electrical and MIDI-style, although I remember them in different colour schemes. Favourites in the arcade from that golden period included Gyrus, Mr. Do, Bomb Jack, Packland, Elevator Action, to name a few. At home in our garage, a, spell, a spare cab, pinball or fruit machine would often take residence after a stint in the arcade. I'd often open it up to mates, charging them, of course. <laughs> As the 80s slowly passed, that style of a small arcade did too. He slowly put more fruit machines, skill games and bingo tables in there. Ironically, those old bingo machines never really went out of fashion for reasons cited earlier. My gaming went waned as I got into the later teens and all I did buy a NES, SNES, N64, PlayStation, etc. I never recaptured those halcyon days experience at the dawn of gaming. In latter years, I find myself reminiscing more and more about it as I see it, a very fortunate and fun youth. I still have my 2600. I have my Vectrex bought from Woolworths for £39 all those years ago and still oh, working. That's when they were on offer, weren't it? Yeah. But of course, now I have a Vec Fever, Vertvic controllers, etc., and can recapture some of that youth. I run emulation, RetroPie, etc., must submit some scores, and love nothing more than digging through an old arcade titles and realising I played them back in the day. Since COVID struck, I work from home a lot, so it's nice to have a diversion. Love the podcast, especially during lockdown, have become more immersed in the retro gaming world and arcade collecting in general. I've listened to most of your old podcasts and have even found myself correcting you out loud on minor deals about games, cabs, etc. Not often know if your knowledge is admirable. Keep up the top work. Dad is now in his 80s and likewise enjoys looking back. We'll often talk about those days and I'll show him an old game which we had in the arcade. He can't get to grips with the fact my Retroflag GPI has every game he ever had in the arcade in the palm of my hand. (laughs) I hope my rambling is of interest. I wish I had more pictures of the arcade, my home gaming stuff from the 80s, etc. They're somewhere, as I remember taking many pictures back then. If you want to discuss any of the enclosed, please drop me a line. I can talk for England. I hope we meet Thomas uh, in person at one of the events, because I'd love to talk to him, and even his dad, actually, bring his dad along with him. Um, and it's nice to hear dear old dad's still around as well. It's it's absolutely brilliant. I listened to one of the, I mentioned it earlier, one of the Broken Token podcasts, and they had one of Brent's friends who was a local operator in, uh, in Kentucky. And they had him on for a talk, and he his knowledge was astounding. He was talking about mm. all the games that went really well, all the games that did well, all the games that didn't do well. And it was quite surprising the ones that we think that are absolutely amazing now didn't make any money and they just took them off the floor. They just didn't make any money. They converted them or whatever. And it's quite surprising which ones did and which one didn't. And it's it's interesting actually hearing that from the horse's mouth, which ones did well and which ones didn't. I bet I bet this guy had loads of stuff back in the day as well. Mm, so interesting. Yeah. Thank you very much for that, Thomas. That is absolutely brilliant. And I do hope you find those photographs and I would like to see them, please. 
the ones of the old arcade and the old um, cafe as well. I love a vinyl seat, me. I love a vinyl seat. <laughs> it's really yeah, thank you, cool. Thomas. That was really good. Thank you. It's amazing. Excellent. So good. Feature game review. Right. This game is Guzzler, which we affectionately called Guzzle Chops in our notes. Uh, by Tekan, also known as Tecmo later on, released in 1983. It uses a four-way joystick and it's a one-button game. The hardware uses a Z80 processor at 3.072 MHz for the main CPU and another Z80 for the sound with two, count them kids, two AY8910 sound processor chips, which is our favourite sound processor. I wonder, because sound is bad, it's I not think. Bad. I wonder if we're missing some Sean, sound. Sean, do not say anything left, come out of an AY is bad. Lower earlobe area going down. Yeah, you'll get one in the right area. in a minute, son. I'll give you something to cry about, young man. I wonder if the we're only getting a bit of the beeps and bloops then. No, sounds brilliant. Two AY must be better than a two sine waves going beep pop beep pop. It doesn't do that. If yeah. anyone has the original PCB, we would love to hear it playing properly. Mm, I think it might be wrong. Isn't awesome. It? Awesome sound. And talking about the sound, it sounds just like this. Right, this is straight from the horse's mouth. This is. I heard this in a dream from the original developer, so it's got to be true. Implausible backstory. Graham yeah. Guzzler, puddle, puddle fetishist, has been propelled into the world of fire and must use his weird appreciation of drinking puddles. Our dog likes drinking puddles. To put out the evil fires of four... He's also partial to an alcoholic beverage he finds lying around the place. You wouldn't think it because his Uncle George is a bit of an alcoholic. Sure, when you're you're roaming the mean streets of Blackburn, if you see an alcoholic drink just lying on the ground in a glass, would you drink it? Well, before, yeah. Especially if it looks like beer. It probably isn't beer, is it? No, I've had some bad hiccups with that, actually. Yeah, don't don't drink mm. stuff that looks like beer. Mm. You control Graham with a four-way joystick and one button, used for spewing the slurped-up liquid. There are four fires burning in Firetown. You must guide <laughs> our Graham to put them out with his puddle-drinking spewing abilities. Trying to stop you are the fire demons. You can hold up to three gobfuls of liquid. The liquid can kill off the demons as well as putting out fires. You can obtain more water. It is water, right? think so. I think so. By passing over the puddles to gulp them down. The different sized puddles contain one, two, and three lots of liquid. When you are out of liquid, you are hollow, but you can whiz around all over the place, much faster than normal, and easily outrun the bad guys, but also easy to collide with the baddies. When you are full up, your range is at its furthest. You can squirt three spaces. Two liquids, two spaces, one liquid, one space. And when you're empty, you go like a crazy thing. When an alcoholic bevy appears in the centre of the screen, you can drink it. All the demons turn into the smallest, fastest red demon, but they are stunned for a short while. You can spew them while they're in this state. When you are bevied up, you spit out red liquid, maybe a permanent black or a Bloody Mary, I don't know. It's not water mm-hmm. this time. When there's only one fire left on the level... After a little while, it grows fiery legs and starts chasing you. It goes, and it 
chases you. Yeah. Do you like that rendition? <laughs> it's very good. Oh, yeah. If you drink all the puddles and are empty, you fill it with one liquid while running around, allowing you to finish a level. Because if there's none left, you'd be stuck in limbo. But when you run around, you magically get one lot of water in you. It's very yeah. difficult to finish off the level when it's like that. You only have to put out the four fires, not the smaller demons. When you've achieved this, you get the time bonus, which has been counting down. As the levels progress, the time allowance gets larger, giving big bonuses, especially after being killed. The bonus resets, and if you've only got to kill one fire quickly, for example, you get almost the whole bonus for doing it. So if you get killed, you've only got one left, go and do it quick and you get a massive bonus. Now, I will put on the what we've got in front of our screen. We've got a picture which tells you all about Guzzler, and it tells you basically everything you need to know about the game, doesn't it? It's the flyer, actually. It's at the back of the flyer. And it's, yes. It's like the attract mode. It's everything you need to know. It's a very good attract mode. And this is this is a really good flyer. Puddles, Guzzler's energy source. We know this. Three discharges for a full tank. Extinguish four fireballs. Flash, four kinds of different characters. Oh, they're four. flashes, are they? Ooh. Yeah. Four. There's four types of enemies. Wow. Yeah. Beverage. When Guzzler drinks centre beverage, he turns red and all demons be dazed. Rest, rest hey, of you demons, Guz- be dazed. Rest of Guzzler. Extra Guzzler, chance for... Oh, oh that's the... He's pointing at the extra life. Some some games call it a rest, don't they? You have three rests left instead of lives yeah. or whatever. Demons run after Guzzler when he has no water. When Guzzler extinguishes demon, bonus point is increased. Guzzler can run fast without water. Timer starts starts with five and goes up to 30,000. Wow. I'm assuming the later levels, you get massive bonuses there. Yeah. Lose Ooh. one goes to the one point, which is zero. Yeah, time out, in other words. Score is doubled thereafter. Yeah, you complete the word Guzzler underneath. You've got yeah. a stand above, well, in a column above the letters, G-U-Z-L-E-R. And once you've lit them up, lit, lit them up everything is double, double points. Not quite right. As you move left and right anywhere in the screen, if you're moving left, the the cursor moves across the letters. Yes, yeah, what I meant, yeah. Yeah, and if you stop and then get a baddie, you'll get that letter. So it's it's very similar to the extra on um, Universal Games. But mm. when you get the, the word guzzler, it sort of illuminates. All the baddies you get, you get two times the amount of bonus. And when you finish the level, if you do the level you get twice the amount of bonus. You can get some really good points from doing that. Yeah, really the thing is, left, it's, it's yeah. quite difficult for me especially, is keeping an eye on where the letter is and not getting killed. Because once you get to a yeah. letter you want to keep, you can go up and the letter will stay there and then you get a baddie and you get that letter and then move along again. It's only left and right that moves the letters around. If you go up and down, they stay where they are. So it's mm. a little bit difficult getting that sometimes. Yeah, I mentioned that's really good at track mode. You just watch your track mode. It's very good. Yeah, it's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. When I first started playing this, and some of our listeners, especially Mr. 20 to 5 and Mr. Rygar, getting right in the hang of this, I didn't realise you'd get twice the bonus. I didn't know what the guzzler down the bottom actually did. I noticed I was getting the letter every now and again. It was lightening it up. But I didn't get all of them. I didn't realise how you could change them until I asked Neil about it. So that is really handy to know. But the tips and secrets we've got here is obviously complete the guzzler word at the bottom to get double the points for everything you kill, double the bonus points at the end. But also, you've got to allow yourself room to fire. You can't fire two shots in very quick succession. It's very slow after he's chucked one out. 
everything sort of slows down a little bit while you do that and the other and the baddies don't really slow down it's just you that slows down ensure you're filled up enough to take on the amount of enemies that are coming after you don't you don't want to be running out because it takes a little while to to get it back up again unless you drink some more puddles be wary that you speed up considerably when you spew out the last bit of water you can easily run face first into a fire demon and that hurts sean that hurts. It's a good idea, though, that, isn't it? It is, but it, it sort of it catches you unaware sometimes. Mm. The amount of times I've forgot I've run out of water and just pressed my button and just ran into somebody. Yeah. So not, not Ouch, been, that was hot. Not been watching it. If you get multiple enemies, you get greater points for that as well. You get multiples for that. Um, pick off enemies when they're stunned by you drinking the booze. So when you drink the booze, all the other enemies turn into little red fired in, which is the fastest one, but they're stunned. Go around knocking them off quick. You get loads of points for that. Mm. When they gain consciousness, you've got loads of the fast ones running around then, and that's not much fun at all. Mm. Got some more feedback here from Mr. 25. Whilst I'm out on my feedback trip, let's talk about Guzzler. Now, he's loved this game. Another slightly janky hidden hidden gem. A Tekken game that I've not heard of. A couple of people have said that. And while it's not in the same league as the Mighty Bomb Jack, it certainly can stand up for itself. I like the mechanics of not having unlimited fire, differing differing range of your firepower against the speed of your travel. And then add to that the column feature to double your scores and bonuses, whilst also being able to increase your bonus by killing flame enemies and also drinking large puddles to bring out the alcohol drink. To, is that, what, is that how it does it? Turning on the screen, all the screen enemies into flames. With all this going on, there's a real risk-reward element and a chance to really max out your level scores, but all coming at a significant risk and danger. For example, you can get over 30k on level 1. I couldn't do that. I think I've got, got 27 that's best I've got on level 1. I've got 20 summer, yeah. But I would suggest a couple of dozen rage quits will occur before you manage this. And the ethos has p- pulled me between opposing strategies throughout all all playing it all my playing it and play it i have a lot go for the bonuses go for the bonuses i would usually get to around level 12 180k but forgetting about the scoring and just aiming to finish levels as quickly as possible i got to level 19 and scored close to 250k so imagine what could be achieved if you could find the sweet spot combining them two strategies certainly some levels are worth the risk the earlier ones are and are easier to achieve. Others, for me, are a simple finish to get out. I truly love this game, and back and forth, and the back and forth battle with Raigo is good to watch that on Twitter and have a go at each other. A friendly mm-hmm. banter. It was just ahead of me at the, at the time I wrote this. This is why I love you guys and your podcast. Another brilliantly fun game found and saved to favourites. Looking forward to the next. Yeah, that's pretty cool, that. I didn't realise, and it's, it seems sensible now, the amount of puddles you drink, the alcohol appears in the middle because you can get two of them on every level. I think you can get two lots mm-hmm. of that, so that does get your uh, your bonuses up quite well. Ooh. It's got for me early eighties cutesy and bright graphics. Yeah, so mm. I like that. I like the sounds. I like the sound effects. I like the wibbly wobbly noise he makes when the when the fire demon sprouts legs. I like the intermissions. They're really good. They're really badly drawn, but they're really cool. They're weird, aren't they? Yeah. They are really odd, but yeah, I really like them. Uh, and I do like the nice bonus countdown screen between levels and the daft intermissions because there's a large blob-like character I think is your uncle George. I'm sure it's your alcoholic uncle George. Oh god, yeah. I'm not so keen on the sound, but I think it may be missing some bits. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. It may be missing. It's just yeah. 
maybe missing something. But there's a skill stop bit, isn't there? When you lose your last life, yes, there's a spinning circle, and if you can stop your man in the in the middle of the little box because yes. he's spinning spinning around with the others, you get another life, which is very helpful but i have to do if you do reasonably on the game that bit at the end is really fast and i think it's just random if you get it right but if you don't do mm. too well and you lose all your lives early it goes quite slowly and you can actually work out where you're going to get an extra life i can get an extra life nearly every time i did that if i, if I lost the game early but i suppose mm. that's a bit fair if you're not very good at it like me trivia using his superpowers Guzlow once put out a massive fire in my back garden when I was accidentally set light to the neighbour's fence while I was having a barbecue in 1984. Lucky he was there then, wasn't it? I knew I'd seen him somewhere before. Did you give him a burger? He fired all over me barbecue, burnt the lot. Oof. Let's do some scores. Oh my lord, those scores are quite large. Mm. And there's a surprising bit at the end. Oh, that's interesting. Someone's not going to be happy about that. Uh, not that many scores. Well, there's a few, isn't there? Right. Yeah. So right at the bottom of the heap, Groove Furnishings Limited, 7,990. One Punch Ron, 19,200. Don Gratton, 35,230. And he says, the second maze game in a row, third time, not the charm. Chris K. June. K. June. Don't. Don't feel so bad. God, I hate that song so much. Uh, he got 43,100. I need a mute button on your microphone, not my one. Adam Ross, 44,390. A janky maze game, which I always tend to like. Great to have Victor back. The balance of the force is restored. Yeah. Jeremy Riley, 44,670. Guzla has some charm, but can't charm its way past its jankiness. Ooh. Nice animation on the flames and an innovative sprite solution to fuel, but ultimately a bit dull and lacklustre. Barely even an, an, an annoy, more of a mere... Oh, dear. Oh, That's the only bit of negative we've had on it, I think. He didn't like uh, it. Mr. Messi, 47,060. Guzzler. It's old. It's mostly fun. There are awards to be had if you play it right. It's a bit like your grandparents at Christmas 1982 in that respect. <laughs> Rob, direct current, 47,000. Rob DC, 180. Matt Neo MK, 47,360. Interesting little maze game in short spells. Find the main character moves frustratingly slow, but perhaps you get used to it. Remind me of Pengo, but better. Not really something I'll come back to. Still prefer Mr. Do for my maze fix. He's Jimmy, 47,760. Uh, P. Gids, 50,060. Cheeky blighter, you cheeky blighter. Cheeky 50,300. I'm glad you did that in the correct voice. Ross <laughs> Ross, 51,850. ZX Michael, <laughs> 52,230. Uh, Retro Ross, 55,800. He loves it. It's a gas. Guzzler. Gas coming here. like it. Matthew Bridge, 57,950. You, Mr. Biscuits. Sean, mm. 64,690. I liked it, but I was rubbish at it. I just, I didn't know. See that. To, I didn't know whether to go for the bonuses or clear the screen. I just couldn't de decide and just kept getting killed all the time. I kept running into stuff. Ooh. Oof. Oh, yeah, Zestora, 67,970. Majok, 868,150. Ian Cullen, 80,110. A Tekken game I've never heard of. Sweet. Andrew M45, 85,310. Brian Haribo, 
was going to try and improve this after after Lego Masters and all that is, but simply couldn't be bothered. Oh, Brian, behave. I got <laughs> 86,500 points. Well done. You're in the points, actually, aren't you? Ooh. Old Man Steve, he's so old, he's named himself Old Man Steve. He's over 100, you know. Ooh. The Queen come and give him one of them letters. That's impossible because she's dead. <laughs> And, and when he got there, it was a lettuce. She, she um, said lettuce, not Queen's lettuce. lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> Talking rubbish. 88,880. Oh, the eights. 88. Oh, yeah. Two fat ladies. Four fat ladies, by the looks of it. Four fat ladies. Ivanstorm, 93,050. Salberg. Oh, he's he, done he well. Didn't he 90... do well? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for finding other weird but fun another weird but fun little game. I enjoyed this one even with all its flaws. Of course he it's did. It's a, janky. It's got a ground floor. It's got a first floor. All its flaws. James Wisemid's got 135,300. It's janky, no doubt. But I've had fun with Guzzler this month. The Guzzler column scoring really changed up the way I played as well. Keeping favourites probably not for score running. Great pick, Victor. Well played, James. Good to meet you at Nerve. Neil, 25. is the star of this podcast. He's like, because he's written some clever writing. Some clever, writing. clever stuff. He's With his crayons. Clever, clever writing. He got 256,730 points. And this is like taking off of Twitter banter with Rygar. He, uh, he says, I take another step closer as he silences tracks down his foe, salivating at the thought of finally catching and dispatching his long sought after prey. Because they, they were battling each other, Rygar and They Neil. were quite close for a while, but, uh, sorry, Neil, Mr. Rygar has absolutely thrashed you. 346,900 points. First of all, hats off to Mr. 1637, Mr. 20 to 5 who had not been so busy, would surely have whooped my face. A magnificent challenge, sir. Kudos to you. I decided to have one last go for old time's sakes and push that booze-soaked guzzle muffin to level 14 <laughs> and this. Well played. That's an incredible score. That's a big score. You got to level 14 as well. Wow, he's mm. getting some big bonuses then, wasn't he? Excellent stuff. There is only one... Well, two. There's, port to six. There's only port to this... The SG-1000 got a port of it back in the day. The only console that got a port of it. But you can also play it on the Nintendo Switch on their arcade um, downloads. It's about right. six quid off the, the Switch online shop. So they did some really obscure arcade games that you can play on. They're obviously just emulated. But um, yeah, for six quid on the online shop. So if you really want to play it on your Switch, there you go. That is weird. The Switch has it's good for old games, isn't it? Really, it's it's made oh, yeah, a bit tons of, a, of especially Nintendo stuff. Yeah, made a name for itself. So, to make the game a little bit better, there's a few flaws in it, I suppose. Um, faster shooting between shots, uh, and you also stop when you spew the water, and enemies do not. So they can run in the back of you when you're trying to spew them. Don't they? Sh they stop when you're shooting them in front of you. Yeah, they just stop. They I keep getting got though. So, mm. and I put the ability to stop at intersections. Like you just you you can 
because you're always moving. It's like Pac-Man, you're always moving. Yeah, unless you get but something it, in the way of you, yeah, you're always moving. Yeah, so you could stop at each intersection and then you could hang around and shoot the letters to get, sorry, shoot the bad guys to get the letters. That's yeah, what I was Yeah, because what I was doing, it. and it was to my detriment, was when I got over a letter I wanted to get, I just hang around going left and right until the baddie came, and that was usually a bad move because if they come from above you, you get got quite quick. Mm. Uh, can confirm. Mm. This is a, a text-sized 10-4 for me. Enjoyable Maze game with enough weirdness and kawaii. Very Ew. cute, this game. I thought it was cute. Very cute. What's a kawaii? Is that near Hawaii? No, kawaii is Japanese for cute. Oh, is it? Oh, I knew that. You know nothing, sure. I was just testing. I've put enjoy, can confirm. Looks okay and doesn't sound the best, but it's a good game underneath and a different take on the maze genre. I like the chance for an extra life spinny thing at the end. I think we mentioned that. It is It is good. I, I could only play it in small doses because I, I kept getting on my nerves. I thought I need to work out one way to play this and not trying to do get the bonuses and clear the level really quick. It just wasn't working. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't get a very good score. The last word, this is what we would play as well as, or instead of, yes. our featured game. So I would play this again, and I, I was playing this before I chose the game, because I've got it on my vertical pony cab downstairs. This game kind of reminds me of Ladybug, which is also an excellent main, uh, maze game. And we did Ladybug uh, in March 2016 on podcast number 56. So if you want to go and listen to that about that, that was a great game to play. And I would play, go back to Rootin' Tootin. Oh, yeah. Another, another weird maze game. It's a very clever maze game. That was podcast 141. I really October, enjoyed that one. October 2019. Yeah, it was really good, wasn't that, it? That game is absolutely brilliant. The only one thing I want to do on that game is it was a deco cassette game. And when you play mm-hmm. it on main, you've got to let it load up. It takes ages to load up. I'd like that to be loading instantly, please. So if anyone can fix that for me, it'd be very good. You only have to do it once, that, and then the second time it'll load instantly on main. Oh, really? Yeah, you only have to do it once. Next show's game. Okay, Sean, this is your pick. Make it a good one, otherwise there's going to be trouble. Yes, thanks to Mr. Deadlock's CSV, I can sort sort it all. And I realised we hadn't done a brawler. There's a reason for that like a brawler which is like not a fight and go right it's when we can go in and out of the screen and punch people but we've essentially done, fight and go right we've done one which was final fight with, with i think you was away somewhere and that was, I was in, in 20, america on holiday yeah with in 2015 with phil and paul from maximum power so we're gonna do i quite like this game i've gone in and out of it I, I, you're gonna do the, final fight with different characters that's what you're gonna do the Punisher. The pu- say it properly. The Punisher. Ooh, let's scary. Capcom, 1993, ROM, Punisher, Live's Default. There's a hidden test menu. Go in there and there are all the dips, but they're all normal. Difficulty, normal, which is in there. If you press F2, no extra lives, no continues, but you do get a score on this game, so it's yeah. possible to put a score in. And there's loads of points on the first level. On the so first scene. When you even. when you play the game, press F2 and it'll get you into the, men, the menu system and make sure it's on normal. It should be. It's default, yeah. Cool, okay. I I was taking the mick out of it a little bit. It's probably done on the same engine as, as Final Fight and those other Capcom games, but this yeah. one's a good one. 
I like this one. I like the characters in it. It's quite violent as well, isn't it? Yeah, I like the animation. That's always drawn me to it. But well, yeah. the Punisher is a really violent comic book. I think it's yeah. and, not and the Marvel. Marvel. Uh, yeah, it's Marvel, isn't it? Is it Marvel or, Ver- or Vertigo? It's Marvel because it were on. It was on Netflix for a whole series. Oh, really? They used to give people a right telling off you to sit sit them on the Ooh. naughty step. Yeah. You get some punishment, you. Yeah, it was ultra-violent, I think you'll find. Yeah. Ultra-violent. Right then, yeah. I did mention earlier about a competition. So, I'll be doing the next pick, right? I'm not even mm. going to tell Sean what it is until next month when we actually do it. It's a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up from yeah. sometime in the 80s. If you can guess what it is and I read your guess correctly first, you will win You will win a Arcade Classics, uh, either a Dig Dug or a Ms. Pac-Man. You know those little arcade games I was getting from Walmart in America? You can only get them in yeah. Walmart in America, as far as I know. Uh, and you can have a choice between the Dig Dug one or the Ms. Pac-Man, because I've got spares of these ones, and I will send it to you free of charge. Oh, that's good. So get in contact with us with your guesses on the usual ways, which is uh, the Sidekick app in the Tenpence Club section, email to the site vertvic at tenpencearcade.co.uk, uh, Facebook as a comment on the podcast post, or on UKVAC. And that's the ways you can get your scores to us and also competition entries. Just tell me what game you think it is. And uh, if you're the first one I read that's correct, I will send you one of those games. Any clues? Because that's a massive... No. It's it's one we haven't done. Of course. Don't you be guessing, Sean, because you're not going to have it. All right. (laughs) Okay. So, deadline for score submissions is Monday 3rd of October, 5pm UK time, please. Yes, so uh, submit your score. Arcade ROMs only, please. No scores from consoles or computers, as they may be different. Yeah, don't do that. Any more passing shots, Sean, before we go? (laughs) No, I'm not going to shoot any more passes. No. Um, Thank you for podcasting, Vic, with me. That's all right. Thank you, sir. I'm going to enjoy playing this, because it's a bit different. We haven't done one. By the time we do the next podcast i think we may have already been to playback pool yes it's actually yeah it's the the day Fast. after isn't it yeah it's the day after we get back so i'll probably on holiday i'll probably have a day off when we get back i think playback was the first and second so if you're at playback pool and you see me and old baldy there come and say hello yeah, because I'm struggling to get there on the Saturday at the minute. I might be later on on the Saturday, but yes, definitely Yes, you've Sunday. got work, haven't you, unfortunately? Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I will see you there. I'll be uh, properly gamed up by then. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, kids. Thanks very much, and we'll see you next month. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10pencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 